Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Random Theory Podcast. I'm Grace. And I'm Josh. And welcome to week three of 2024. We're together. We're answering the curious questions of the world. Woo. I just you came ate. in hot. On I obviously just ate. Otherwise, I would I was not just- be this energetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, part two of the storm one, and we are recording it probably, what, 20 minutes after the last one? And- yeah. Yeah. I had to take a break. I needed a quesadilla. You had a little a little lunch yeah, break. at the end of that podcast, I was really dying. Like the hunger was really setting in, and my body was like, "Yeah, <gasps> yeah." But you're 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 firing on all cylinders now. So. All cylinders. I can actually read the words on the screen now. You know when like you're so hungry that you don't even like know what's happening anymore. <laughs> you're just like, "Yeah, I'm." I yeah, you just get like you just kind of start to melt a little bit. And, yeah, like my brain was really melting significantly. Yeah. I got a heated, sorry, side note. Now my ADHD is really firing in all cylinders. I got a uh, heated blanket for my birthday. Okay. Because I refuse to turn the heat on in our apartment because we don't have like a thermostat. We only have like a radiator built into the wall. So it's like I'm either in the Sahara Desert or I'm in Antarctica. (laughs) And so like I've just chose to just like keep the heat off all winter and just bundle up in this heated blanket. And it has been the best decision of my life. Really? Yeah. Wonderful. Change okay. my life for the better. Ten do out of ten. You, everyone needs a heated blanket. Do you sl- do you use it when you sleep? Do you sleep no, on- because no. I am a furnace. I like wake okay. up sweating. So am I. I sleep so hot. It's incredible. Same. Like, uh, yeah, it's disgusting. I woke up. Li- it's so funny <laughs> we're talking about this because this morning I literally woke up in a puddle of like sweat, and I was oh, like, wow. "Why? Like, this yeah. is disgusting." I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> well, you do have the hyperhidrosis, so I'm yeah. sure it's uh, even well, worse. Well, also, than... I think like my body's fighting something right now, so I think it was mm. also like that and, and my yeah. sleep as well. So, you know, be how it be. That whatever. is always rough when you're sick. And yeah, that that's yeah. usually like the only time that happens to me, like mm-hmm. that bad. If I'm sick and I'm fighting something off, I'll wake up in the morning and just yeah. Wet and it's wet, gross. Wet and sticky. Yeah. No, it's it's so funny. We're like talking about this because like yeah, that literally happened to me. And that's so funny. My body, I can tell my body is fighting something because like I don't have a lot of energy. Number one and number two, yeah. like I have the slightest bit of like a sore throat and like mm-hmm. stuffy nose, but it's not severe. It's like one of those where it's like, eh, am, yeah. am, am I sick? No, okay. Like so, I can't even be like sick. Something's like teasing. Like, yeah. like, I feel like something's there. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I've just yeah, like yeah. chalked it up to allergies, even though like, you know, it's not, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're just lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's allergies. I'm fine. We're fine. We're, we're like getting way ahead here with these podcasts. We are recording this before Christmas. It's part two. This was part two of the one we just that came out last week we just recorded it as well so we hope you are you're all having a wonderful new year we're gonna be basically catching up with the science pals mid-january so we'll be able to give you a real assessment um about yeah. how we're how we're thriving in the new year i think it'll be it'll be the next 
probably the next episode. The one you hear yes. yeah, after this will probably be recorded after the new year. So yeah. we'll be able We're to- just trying to get ahead so we can enjoy Christmas break. So the editors can enjoy Christmas break yeah. so that like everyone can have a little time to them yeah. themselves. Because I think I talk to Josh more than I talk to like anyone in yeah. my family. <laughs> so for us to not have to communicate for a week, I think we both would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know we still will there, I, I know still, yeah there'll be stuff there but. will still be something that i'm like hey yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> so fine it's, it's fine we're fine anyway if you missed last week's podcast go back and listen to part one of weather storms thunderstorms all that stuff because it will make this podcast make sense so i'm giving you a little yeah. bit of homework so pause pause if you haven't listened to the first one yeah go listen to it and then come back and you'll see yeah. that I'm on a way different level of energy. <laughs> it's Completely fine. Completely different grace. It's yeah, a different a grace. grace. This is what happens when yeah. you feed me. This is why Michael carries snacks around for me. Oh my, you're like a toddler. Yeah. He like yeah. if we're, we're going to be out for a long day, like in the city or something, he'll, he'll pack yeah. snacks in his jacket pockets. What's your go-to snack? Oh, definitely like fruit snacks, which we don't oh, keep those in our yeah. apartment. But like usually yeah. he just sticks a granola bar in his pocket. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My uh, go-to snack, and it has been for years, and it is literally like- Trail mix. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it has <laughs> been for, it has been for years. And like I would bring it to, is the Costco Kirkland trail mix snack packs. Like they're that like just a Josh's single- That is favorite thing ever. Almost daily, I have one. I had one literally in our break. When you were eating a quesadilla, nice. I went and got <laughs> myself a little pack of trail mix. That's my go-to. Yeah, Love when it. Josh and I worked together in the same location, we had um, Welch's fruit snacks and oh, trail yeah. mix s- yep. stocked. It was stocked. Yeah. You, we weren't going without. Like Someday, we're still hoping that Welch's will sponsor and just send us. One day. So I don't even, not even sponsor. Like, don't even. We don't want money. I don't to want shout money. you out, Welch's. I just want to be a part of the, the the brand family. Yeah, we just want to say like we have an in at yeah, Welch's. Maybe one day someone uh, get in contact with them and let them know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> on to thunderstorms. We decided that we're not going to do any um, ratings and reviews or anything like that. We're just going to hop right in since it was a part two. We just want to get into the good stuff. Little did this person know writing this rating and review, which literally their, their name is a person, I think, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Little did they know that their podcast idea was going to be so good and hit home for me so deeply that they were going to get a two-parter. Well, yeah. a person, I think, maybe... Here is the rest of what you need to know about thunderstorms. Last time we left off talking about lightning, which is wild. A wild Lightning concept, is wild. But we're going to talk about the thunderstorm life cycle, which is very important because it's going to lead into us talking about tornadoes. Tornadoes. Right after this break. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tornadoes. Tornadoes. Come from thunder. 
Storms. Thunderstorms. We're getting Thunder into thunderstorms. Some thunderstorm nonsense. Yeah. So thunderstorms have a life cycle and it comes in three stages. So there's the developmental stage, the mature stage, and the dissipating stage. Sounds a lot like humans. I was gonna say I, that's <laughs> I I don't know where I'm at in that. I, I think it flip flops daily. We're but in I'm, the maturing stage. Dude, it's hard to say. Honestly, it I feels the, like I'm in the dissipating stage sometimes. <laughs> I feel that very deeply. I think the dissipating stage starts when you're like 60. That's like, like the back half. Kind of like life. yeah, it's like the back half of life. Like I think 50 is like when you hit the peak, you know. Okay. And so yeah. like maybe it's 50. Like you start going down the like the ramp a little slow. I don't know, man. The like we're always talking about, you know, like you're. 30s are the new 20s you're true whatever i'm so excited for my 30s me too i'm excited for the 30s i think it's gonna be good yeah i I don't know why i just really have a good feeling about the 30s yeah i do too talking about the development speaking of the development (laughs) 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 the developing phase stage Uh of a thunderstorm is marked by a cumulus cloud that's being pushed upward by a rising column of air and this is called an updraft right so the cumulus cloud soon begins to look like a tower which we call a towering cumulus cloud that's when it's all like upright on top of itself that's a good name for that it is the towering (laughs) (laughs) not nimbus it's a a cumulus it's not nimbus because nimbus means rain so right now it's just a cumulus cloud Okay, good to know. So the towering cumulus. So as that updraft continues to develop, there is little to no rain during the stage, but occasional lightning. So the thunderstorm enters the mature stage when the updraft continues to feed the storm, but precipitation begins to fall out of the storm. And that's because it has so much water vapor that the water is too heavy for it to hold. So then the sky starts peeing on you. That's okay. really what it is, cloud pee. Uh, you know, I mean, you're not wrong. I yeah. guess. Uh, I think you just ruined rain. For... <laughs> now I'm all I'm picturing is like the stereotypical rom com scene in the rain. We're getting Peter. It's, <laughs> it's just like a cloud. It's like a couple. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like the Notebook or yeah. something, and they're like sharing the moment, and then oh, it's man. just like a cloud peeing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just a cloud peeing on them. It's fine. <laughs> just a cloud peeing. Yeah. So once the rain begins to fall out, this is where you get a downdraft, which is a column of downward pushing air. So this is where the right. rain comes out. So when the downdraft and rain cooled air spreads out along the ground, it forms a gust front. Ooh. This is a line of gusty winds. So science pals, I am yeah. not kidding you when I can stand outside and tell you how strong a storm is going to be based on, one, the gust front and the temperature change. So if you are standing outside, I promise you, if you see a storm, you see a cloud storm system brewing and you feel the wind and then you feel a temperature change, you need to get indoors because it's going to start raining unless you want to be peed on by a cloud. If you want to be peed on, stay outside. But like, I mean, some people are into that. I don't. Some people are into that. <laughs> but like, if you feel that gust front, that's what it's called. It's called the gust front of a storm. You yeah. will feel the temperature change. There will be wind. And you can kind of smell the air change. It is so cool. It's one of my favorite things to experience because you can truly tell how strong it's going to be before the rain gets to you. Sorry, I'm still just like, I'm dying about this. <laughs> <laughs> just getting peed on that. That really just wrecked me. (laughs) 
I know. I'm like talking about this like very seriously, and I'm like, you are gonna get peed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're professionals here, everyone. Okay, so then the mature stage is most likely when you have the hail, heavy rain, frequent lightning. It's basically a hormonal teenager. Inch. Okay, I was just gonna say that's like the opposite. We were talking about it being humans, but that's like the inverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the mature stage for humans, like that's usually, you know, you're just chilling at that point. Yeah, you know, you're chilling retired. in your hormones. Yeah, that sounds, that's a hormonal teenager right there. Yeah. And usually this is when you'll find tornadoes. They occur during the okay. mature stage. And eventually okay. a large amount of precipitation is produced and the updraft is overcome by the downdraft. So typically you will never see rain in the middle of a cloud unless the updraft has collapsed. If you see oh. rain in the middle of a cloud, that means updraft is collapsed, the rain is raining, and like the storm is basically going to rain itself out and be done. But right, okay, yeah, you'll always see it on like the outside. Like rain will always be on like the edges unless the updraft has collapsed. That makes sense. You need the downdraft for the rain to move downward. So yeah. So once this happens, it's beginning its dissipation stage because there's no updraft to feed the the storm anymore. It's been okay. cut off. The feeding supply has been cut off. And so it's just sure. going to rain itself and pee itself to death, essentially. Sure. I hate when that happens. I hate when I pee myself yeah. to death. Uh, <laughs> what is this episode? What has happened? I ate. Uh, That's the problem. I ate before it's so the podcast. True. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. So then at the ground, the gust front, which is what we talked about earlier, moves out a long distance from the storm and cuts off the warm, moist air that's feeding the thunderstorm. And the rainfall okay. decreases in intensity and the lightning remains uh, a danger because lightning can happen whenever it wants to, basically. Right. So, uh, well, that's an important point, I guess. It's like even if it stops raining, lightning could still mm -hmm. happen. So then I want to talk about like multi-celled storms and like squall lines and bow echoes and like the lines that these storms take because cool things really happen. Also, okay. side note, when you're looking yeah. at radar, did you know that you can see bugs on radar? Bugs? Yeah, bugs are the same shape as rain drops in like radar's eyes. Oh. And so if you're looking at like a very high def radar or not even a high def one, like just a normal one. You'll yeah. be able to see like if there's a strong gust front, like I just talked about, that pushes the wind out of the warm air out of the way. You will see yeah. the bugs make a line on the radar getting pushed out of the way. Oh, like a bit like a swarm of yeah. bugs or something? Yeah. Oh, wow. Even though it's not like really a swarm, but you can see like the, the push. It's very interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 You can see bugs in the wind. It's fun. B bugs in the wind. Yeah. It sounds like a yeah. Lantern by it's Sea like song. So I hope not, but, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Get on that, Porter. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so a multi-celled storm is a common and, like, it's a garden variety thunderstorm. Okay. With, like, new updrafts that form along the leading edge of the rain-cooled air. So, like, that gust front area that we were talking about. So okay. individual cells usually last for 30 to 60 minutes, while a system as a whole can last for hours. So multi-cell storms uh, may produce hail, strong winds, brief tornadoes, and flooding. So these are storms that basically all end up feeding into one another instead of being an isolated incident. Okay. So it's like a, it's a giant storm, basically. Yep. That has little storms around yep. it. It's when you get a line of storms is what we like to okay. call them usually. Like a line of thunderstorms that like move through an area. 
Gotcha. So speaking okay. of these multi-cell things, there's like different uh-huh. ones that we can talk about. So the first one we'll talk about is a squall line. And this is a group of storms that are arranged in a line, often accompanied by squalls of high wind and heavy rain. And squall lines tend to pass quickly and are less prone to produce tornadoes than supercells. And they can be hundreds of miles long, but only typically 10 to 20 miles wide. So this is what you can see up and down the East Coast usually. Like if you have a really long storm... But Mm -hmm. it won't be very wide, but it'll just like get pushed. Squall is an incredible word, by the way. Squall. Squall. A squall. Yeah. And they're not like long. They're very short usually. It's like a short storm. Just a quick quick little hit. Okay. But like it's like heavy wind and rain for like 20 minutes. And it's like boop. Bye. It's one of those. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. <laughs> then you got your supercells and these are long lived and they're usually greater than an hour and they are very organized cells that feed off of an updraft. And typically supercells are tilted and rotating, which is really, really, really important because if something is tilted, it means that it can constantly be fed at different angles. So if it's straight up and down, the updraft can only come in one area. But if it's tilted, it's sucking up from a like angle, meaning it doesn't have to be right up and down. Okay. So rotating updrafts are as large as 10 miles in diameter and up to 50,000 feet tall. Whoa. And they can be present as much as 20 to 60 minutes before a tornado forms. So remember this part because rotation and it being tilted is very, very important for a tornado. If something is not tilted, it cannot form a tornado. Good to know. So scientists call this rotation a mesocyclone when it's detected by Doppler radar, which is just radar. And the tornado is a very small extension of this large rotation. So most large and violent tornadoes come from supercells, but the tornado makes up maybe like 5% of it. Like it is itty bitty in the grand comparison of how large the supercell is. That's interesting to think about because I guess, yeah, I would have assumed the tornado would be like the center of this mass, you know, like. Right. Yeah. The middle of the storm or whatever. No, they're typically on the edge. So whatever way it's like leaning. So if the top, like if you hold your hand out in front of you and you lean your fingers like to the left, but leave your elbow in like in place. Like if yeah. it's leaning like that way, then the tornado is going to be where your elbow is. Oh, but like the majority the h- of the storm part. is going to be over where your fingers are. Okay. Interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I did a good job describing that for our listeners. Uh, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, But we're going to talk about it in a little later. So now we have to talk about a bow echo because okay. these are so they're so important. So a bow echo <laughs> is a radar signature of a squall line that bows out as the winds fall behind the line and the circular rotation develops on either end. So a strongly bowed echo may indicate high winds in the middle of the line where the storm's moving forward most quickly. And brief tornadoes can occur at the leading edge of these bow echoes. And it's usually on the north side of a bow echo because it becomes more dominant over time and then gradually it evolves into like a shaped storm complex so basically imagine like a boomerang kind of look yeah it's like like a yeah like a bow and arrow yeah not an arrow just a bow so it's 
it was saying that on each end of the bow would be a storm, but all, I mean, along the middle, but that's in the middle is like strong winds and that's what's like pushing out that bow shape. Yep, yep, yep. Right, yep. okay. It would be like if you laid um like string on a table uh-huh. and laid it straight and you like push your finger through one end of it. In like the on the table, uh, yeah, through the middle of the string, it will like yeah. wrap around your finger because the faster winds are moving through the center of the bow echo, pushing it out and forward okay. to bend, right? The way that and it the does. edges are staying behind, yeah, kind of. But yeah, bow echoes are crazy. Sounds interesting. Shall we talk about tornadoes? Tornadoes, have you ever seen a tornado like in real life? Nah. Habit. I have not either. I've never experienced one. It is on my list to go out to the plains and experience yeah. one. I don't want to like be in one that like destroys a town or something, but like sure. a cornfield, okay. They're not super common here, obviously, in the mountainous state of Utah. They have occurred, but they're like small. Like really, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it'll it'll like pop up and then be gone. But I was never around to experience it, so didn't That's really okay. see it. Tornadoes, for our listeners that do not know, and if you have experienced one, please let us know in the comments. Yeah. Like, rating and review would love to know if you've experienced one. I would, like, it's it's just fascinating to me. But a tornado is a narrow and violent rotating column of air that extends from a thunderstorm to the ground. And because wind is invisible, it's hard to see a tornado unless it forms a condensation funnel made up of water droplets, dust, and debris. That is a great point. It's literally invisible until it yep. starts sucking stuff up, basically. Yep. Until it's basically like wrapping dirt around it, it's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Ooh. Also terrifying. <laughs> Could you imagine if it like no debris was able to get picked up in it and we just had these like invisible... Just a force of nature, but yeah. it's invisible. You can't even see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be... That's like a movie. It is a movie. There is a movie called Twister. Uh, I have seen that movie, by the way, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Don't ever try to outrun a tornado. You will lose every time. Just yeah. so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem like a thing you should do. No, you should not. Tornadoes can be among the most violent phenomena of the atmospheric storms we experience. So yeah, yeah. hurricanes are aggressive, but like we can very much prepare for them. Tornadoes kind of just happen. There is no preparation. There is no warning. There is no time. It just happens. Certainly not like a long period of like hurricanes. People are tracking those for days, weeks even. Yes. They know something's coming. Tornado. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They pop up. It's it's pretty, you, you know, instantaneous. Like you don't have a lot of time. Yeah, no, you don't have a lot of time, especially once they're on the ground. Now, people can, like storm chasers that track storms in the Midwest and things, we mm -hmm. we have a pretty good idea of like, we look at a storm and we're like, you know, this one's pretty aggressive. It's probably going to turn up a tornado yeah. because you have all that information of like past tornadoes, past storms, blah, blah, blah. We can kind of get a good idea of if it'll happen, but... There's never any guarantee. Like we can look at right. stuff and like have the data to know, but we don't really know if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, sure. About 1,200 tornadoes hit the U.S. yearly. 1,200. And since official tornado records only date back to 1950, like literally 1950, we don't oh, wow. know the actual average number of tornadoes that occur every year. Isn't that what? crazy? What the 1950s was when we started like tracking. What? 
why i mean that's strange someone was like we should probably keep track of how many of these we've had (laughs) it's like these things keep destroying our towns we should probably keep track oh my god we should keep track of them yeah it's literally insane Tornado spotting and reporting methods have changed a lot in the last several decades, which means that we're observing more tornadoes that actually happen. Like people make careers out of this, like storm tracking. True. It's it's crazy and insane. So I bet you guys are wondering at this point, where did they come from? How do they form? Why do they destroy all the things? One of the most interesting things about- (laughs) I know, right? One of the most like interesting things for me about tornadoes is like- they can jump, number one. Number two... Excuse me? Yeah, they can jump, number one. But number two, they literally are so selective in what they destroy. Like, okay. you can be in an area... Like, you can, like, have one house that was hit by a tornado and the one next to it, like, was not affected. Oh, And I mean, like, gotcha. one house, like, demolished. And then the other one is like, oh, I'm fine. So they've got, like, real... They hold grudges. Yes, And they're they just, do. like, real... Real, real selective. They're real selective about who they come in and like destroy. Yeah. So there's certain conditions that make tornadoes more likely. So in that way, they are somewhat predictable, but not fully. But no one knows when, where, how intense or how many tornadoes a thunderstorm will create. It's impossible to know. Sure. So if the conditions are ripe for tornadoes, the air becomes very unstable with winds at different altitudes blowing at different directions and different speeds. That's very important. We call this wind shear. So at the lower level, the winds might be blowing slower. In the mid-level, they'll be blowing faster. And the top, they're going at an insane speed. Now, when you think about this, this means that the storm is going to tilt. Right, because it's bl- the top of it is getting blown harder. So it's, 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 you know, pushing it over. Yes. So this is like, what we call wind shear in meteorology. And it's the first yeah. result of a very large and intense thunderstorm. So okay. inside that huge thunder cloud, warm and humid air is rising while cool air is falling along with rain and hail at this point because that's what right. happens with tornadoes. And all these conditions are resulting in a rolling and spinning air current inside the cloud. Okay. And although the spinning column of air stands out horizontally, it can easily go vertically and drop down out of the cloud. When it touches the ground, it becomes a tornado and a big problem for literally anything in its path. It's literally something, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you always, t- you always hear people mention like a tornado touching down. Yep. Because yeah, it obviously starts up in the cloud. I guess what would you? Is it the? It's the downdraft pulling it down to the ground. So right? it's actually. Kinda, yes, but no, if that makes any sense. So the air, learning about this in school, it took me forever to wrap my head around it. So when a tornado happens, the air at the ground is spinning and rotating over itself. Okay. Like we have little convection at the surface happening. When Mm -hmm. that gets picked up into the storm, it starts to stand up vertically. And so that's what begins feeding the thunderstorm and that rotation gets pushed up into the cloud. And then it mm-hmm. starts to pull down. It's a spinning updraft, essentially. Okay. So that begins basically to it's like it's like a tornado, a baby tornado forming on the surface that pulls down a stronger tornado in a way. Kinda, kind yeah. Of, kind of. Like yeah. like the air is the air is spinning and that like kind of pulls into the cloud. So yeah, it's like if you took your hand and you spun it 
on the ground and then uh-huh. like someone came over and lifted your hand up that's like what's happening inside the tornado so it's like this invisible air is getting turned over and over and over and over on the ground and then yeah. it gets sucked up into like it gets sucked up in the updraft yeah and then it begins rotating in the in the cloud itself interesting Yes, it's very fascinating and very curious. And what's even crazier is the wind inside the spinning column of some tornadoes are the fastest of any air we've seen move on Earth. They've literally been clocked at over 300 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then sometimes the spinning column of air gets lifted up off the ground and touches it down again in some distance along its path, making it jump. Right. It just does like a does like a little ollie. Yeah, an ollie. Just catches some air. Not an ollie. Yeah. Just just pops an ollie real quick, hops a fence. That's hilarious. Oh, you know? my gosh. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hops a fence. But, yeah, yeah you know. so uh, that's tornadoes. And tornadoes are also on a scale of, like, what they're judged on. They call it the EF scale. EF. Okay. Yeah. Enhanced Fujita is what I call it. So like like tornadoes come in all different shapes and sizes. So like if it's an EF0 tornado, mm. I mean, it just peels off the surface of some roofs and causes damage to like gutters and stuff. But Not then you bad. have like your level 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. Sure. And I mean, your level 4s and 5s are the one that come in and just like level towns. Like Right. Okay. Yeah, like a level 5 is 200 miles an hour. A level three is 136 to 165 miles an hour. And that's like entire stories of well-constructed homes will be destroyed and severe damage to large buildings, such as shopping malls. A level three is something you need to be concerned with. Even a level two, that's 111 to 135. And like Mm -hmm. roofs will be torn off of well-constructed homes. Foundations of framed homes will be shifted. And then mobile homes will be completely destroyed. And that's only... 111 to 135 miles an hour. Does it say which level picks up a cow? If I had to guess, I think it would be level one. I think you could literally, like a level one would be enough to pick up a cow. Definitely level five would pick up a cow. Sure, it whipped that cow around. Yeah. 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 And this scale was actually introduced in 2007 and it provides estimates of tornado strength based on damage surveys. So this is basically like we can't look at a tornado and say, oh, my gosh, this is an EF4. We yeah. can't say what it is until we look at the damage that's been done oh, by so the tornado. This is after the fact. It's always after the fact that we're able to figure out how strong it actually was. Interesting. Feels mm-hmm. like useless information a bit. But, uh, you yeah. know, I mean, just it's like a meteorologist like, after the fact is like, wow, whatever. this is a level three. <laughs> I can see the that dude. the uh, entire stories of well-constructed buildings were ripped off. <laughs> the dude that just got his house ripped in half. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of this stuff, like I think I said in the first part, we were talking about hail and like um, lightning and how it's like just such a weird concept. Yeah. And I was thinking about it in the break when we were in between recording these episodes. And I think tornadoes fit into it as well, where it's like, I found the like phrasing is, I think it's a very humbling thing. Like it's scary. And it's also humbling where it's like, humans think they're in control all the time. 
Yeah. And these are like three very specific instances where it can come out we of nowhere not. and and just yeah, and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing, yeah. you know, we can't, you know, can't and, and especially especially like a tornado or a bolt of lightning. Like we it you know, it right. just happens. And I it's yeah, it's such a fascinating thing. Like it's it's humbling and and like I don't know, an interesting feeling, but then also it's terrifying. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, storms and tornadoes. Storms I guess a tornado is part of a storm. Fascinating. It is fascinating, honestly. I think he did a great job. I, You know, Two obviously things. we could have gone on for like another 10 hour days. Literally. But. <laughs> but we shall not because I really want to know we what you not. learned uh, on Reddit. Oh, yes. I teased this at the end of the last episode that it was a conspiracy theory situation. I love a good conspiracy theory. I feel we've been getting into a lot of conspiracy theories lately. We did a video on YouTube about Flat Earth. Yeah. Which was interesting, to say the least. So interesting. But this this conspiracy theory, what this article, which comes from uh, PBS, by the way, .org. Oh, This one's near and dear to my heart, and when I read it, you will know why. Basically, the title of the article, which I'm not going to read the whole article, and I I recommend you do, because it's interesting. There's other interesting information here, but... We'll put it in the uh, show notes. It's a researcher basically breaking down how many people would have to be involved to keep a conspiracy theory alive. Like, how many people would have to lie for a conspiracy theory to live? This is a great question. And it's it's shocking. It's significant. I am like, I'm all in on this. I'm like, I'm, I need to know. But so that's the title, basically. And the reason, the thing that I said, it's near and dear to my heart is the big example. The number one is obviously the moon landing. The moon. The, the, the big, big conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And this says, this researcher, who his name is David Robert Grimes from Oxford University. He's a physicist and a cancer biologist. Whoa. He likes school. <laughs> he's a big, he's like, just like a big school guy. You know, Sounds just like big, it. Just big on school. He says that over, well, real quick, I want you to guess. How many people would you think would have to be involved on the same page for the moon landing to be fake? Well, obviously the three astronauts. Sure. So higher than three. Uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> higher than three. Yeah. All the control people. I'm going to uh-huh. say a thousand. Was that too many? <laughs> That's not even close. It's not? <laughs> not even close. Are you serious? Okay. For the moon landing conspiracy to stay quiet. It would require an estimated 411,000 people. No. Which is the number of NASA employees in 1965. Wow. And so not only on that, this this researcher estimated that because of that amount of people, right? That amount of like workers working on you this thing. You can't keep that many people quiet. It would be broken down within three and a half years. Like that is the max that it would last in three. It would be three and a half years. Very interesting. Very interesting. Also, yeah, side but do note. that many people need to be involved? I'm playing devil's advocate because right. like okay. some people could be utterly clueless. Sure. I think, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a large portion because obviously there was, there was a 
I mean, there's, yeah, 411,000 people working for NASA in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, that probably, that's including like your janitor or your random right. mechanic yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. whatever who definitely would not need to be involved in this. But even your guess of like a thousand people, you know, because yeah, there are, there are absolutely people like mission control people. Right, yeah. That would need to, you know, they would have to lie. And it just, it would fall apart. Yeah, like, unless you no were way. like pretending they were playing a video game or something. Like they had no <laughs> idea they were like playing a video game. Well, and obviously this was the 60s, so there yeah. weren't really. But then the other thing, and this is the side note, this is not in this article, but I okay. saw this recently. Speaking of the moon landing, the other big argument for why the moon landing is, is real, obviously, uh-huh. the whole reason for the moon landing was the space race with the Soviet Union. Right. The Soviet Union was constantly keeping tabs on NASA and the US to see if, you know, who who was going to win, who was going to do it. Right. If we had faked it, the Soviet Union, I mean, we weren't friends with them. They're not also going to keep a lie. So they would be the first people to be like, uh, the US didn't do this. Uh, we're going to make them look bad. They lied interesting um, here you know here here's here's why like they yeah, weren't they wouldn't, i never thought about they that. would be the ones to then go do it you know mm-hmm. they would say like oh nasa lied um and they didn't do that they commended the u.s on a job well done and said like oh yeah they did maybe it maybe they were congratulating them on a job well done about it being faked <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i have always been like i will be honest i am a big component of science i've always been skeptical about the uh the moon landing and i think it's okay to be skeptical i'm not saying that like we faked it i think we got to the moon eventually but like i have a problem like i struggle with thinking that we did it in the time frame that we did it if that makes any sense because we were in a race with the soviet union over communism and how that was going to affect the world if like they had beat us to it so sure. I believe we have been to the moon, no doubt about it. I think the time frame is incredibly fast and it causes me to be skeptical. But just because I'm skeptical doesn't really make me like believe that we didn't do it, if that makes any right. sense. Yeah, no, and that may, I yes, that totally makes like, sense. Like I don't and want people absolutely... to think like, oh my gosh, Grace doesn't believe we've been to the moon. Like I <laughs> believe we have been there. Like sure. it just <laughs> is I, it is a lot to take. It's a lot which I understand. Like it is the time frame in which it happened from like start to finish is insane. Like it is insane. literally I wanna say it was eight years. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, but it yeah. was it was a quick quick timeline. The only thing, and uh, well, and there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects. We only to started that. recording tornadoes in the fifties. True. And True. you're telling me we went to the moon in the sixties? <laughs> um. Well, there's like a crazy stat about when the Wright brothers first. That was in like we did an episode on that. When was it? Oh yeah, we did. It was like shockingly way sooner it was than you would even shockingly like, close. Yeah. Of like their first flight to then when we went to the moon. The only thing I will say to that, because I totally hear you, there are a lot of different aspects that you could use. The only one that like I'm, I have on my head right now is in that time, it was a short period, but you had the entire U.S. government throwing as much money and resources 
as we had at yeah it. Well, i mean we're throwing everything at it yeah yeah like yeah, it yeah. was it was whoever we've got and however much money they need take yeah. it and go so and i and because that, that is a big thing of like people will you know nowadays are like well you know obviously we haven't been back to the moon and oh now they say they want to go back to the moon but it's going to take 20 years or whatever to go like well, why we got, what? We we got w- bigger problems happening right now yeah it's <laughs> like well now the nasa has like one of the smallest budgets of any government yeah. entity unfortunately back then it had the big in the in the 60s it had the biggest budget isn't that so wild that like for science, a brief for a brief period it had the biggest budget like science like was at the forefront for like yeah. a minute like that's kind of cool like between like Oppenheimer us going to the moon it's kind of crazy a priority on that and now it's which it's like not. I don't know even then there was obviously there was lots of controversy on how the government was spending money people oh, thought sure. that that was a waste. For sure. I obviously don't believe that. Sorry, back to the Wright brothers, 1903, December okay. 1903. Yeah. So 1903 and then yeah, to the 60s. So I mean like 60 years basically. Yeah. We went from flying the first plane to landing on <gasps> the moon. When was the first commercial flight? Also, I said 68, it was 69, my bad. It was literally the last last year of the 60s. Wow, the first airline originated in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, really? The world's first regularly scheduled heavier-than-air airline took off from the municipal pier in St. Petersburg on New Year's Day in 1914. 1914, okay. It was the world's first scheduled commercial passenger flight. Yeah, that's all. I Like I said, uh, if you want to read this article, they have other like big conspiracy theories on there. Oh, I don't um, like, doubt that it would take like millions and millions of people. Yeah. Like p- potentially to like keep their mouths quiet. And if they did yeah. pull it off as a conspiracy theory, like how like how? Yeah, I mean it's like especially with that one, obviously the sheer number of people is mm-hmm. impossible. But if you yes. get past that, if you're like, okay, however many Probably, I would say, because, you know, if if we wanted to do, like, okay, not everyone needs to know. Yeah. Maybe, like, 100,000. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the so, president is, had to be in on I, it. All, everybody. Like, all, Congress, like, all the people, you know? All, everybody would have to be in on it. It'd be so and insane. So, but even if you got past that, like, if you're like, okay, they all kept a secret. At the time, because I would say, to what end? Like, why? Why does it matter? And obviously, at the time, people would say, like, well, they... Mm-hmm. You know, we were trying to beat the Russians, so this was how we beat the Russians. And it's like, okay. But then the Soviet Union collapsed. It didn't matter anymore. Like, it, I guess it's like, at this point, it would have come out. Like, it wouldn't matter, really. I, I guess, I, I don't know. Like, it just is so yeah. far-fetched and just, I don't know. Like It is very far-fetched. And I think I just, like, I, I it's, like, so just difficult for me to, like, comprehend. Like, when I think about it, and I don't know if it's, like, it feels this way for everyone or other people. When mm. I think about going to the moon and landing on the moon and doing all the things, it feels yeah. mentally impossible for me to wrap my head around. Right. And I, I will say, we talked about this in the Flat Earth video, where I think that feeling right there that you have, yeah, I think literally the closing of that video, you were saying conspiracy theories are born out of a lack of information. And trust, yeah. And trust and information. And so it's like when people have that, you know, they might feel that about a thing, that Mm -hmm. feeling you just described, 
and then they just stop right there. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I can't. There's no way. I'm not going to like look into this or anything. Like, it's just impossible, and I don't trust the government, so they made it up. Any of these things, any of these conspiracy theories, you can dig into them, and if you do the research, yeah, the argument just falls apart even more, more and more and more and more. You just have to get in there and uh, figure it out. Hey, you gotta, yeah. I mean, you gotta do some research and not just take whatever somebody said on Reddit for <laughs> face value. Thousand percent. That was that's what I that's what I found on Reddit. Like I said, the article is like really that. cool. That's a really cool article. There's other like conspiracy theories in there, and they talk about like the number of people involved and things like that. I just think all conspiracy theories in general. I think more than anything, it just like show goes to show just kind of like like what I talked about in the conspiracy video was basically like you know a couple words, but you don't know like all of them and how they all work together. Yeah. Like it would be like me yeah. sitting down with a NASA engineer and being like, I don't believe we went to the moon. He could be like, how can you not believe that? Yeah, right. Like you don't have it's it's yeah, you have like just enough information yeah. but or like not when, the full understanding. Yeah. Or when people are like, oh the government controls the weather and chemtrails and I'm just like, yeah. no. It's like they have a little <laughs> terminology, but they don't actually know what those things are. Exactly. Or, you yeah. Know, the science behind them, which is why, you know, we always talk about it on this podcast. It is yep. so important to just do your research, look into, you know, look into stuff. Do your research, have conversations, learn, yeah. absorb. Yeah. And if you're going to argue with someone, argue respectfully. That's my yes. big thing. Absolutely. And it's argue like- respectfully and from a place of fact fact not emotion not emotion because that is not not valid basically it's not not valid no it's not no yeah anyway that's um our (laughs) life lesson for week three of uh 2024 can you believe we're three weeks into 2024 that's insane i can't anyway especially because it's december uh 20th right now but i know um, when we're recording it (laughs) (laughs) anyway science pals leave us ratings and reviews join the conversation if you have a podcast idea drop it in a rating and review or mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, join the conversation. Tell us what you think about conspiracy theories slash weather. And sure. if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can do it at... Random3pod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Yeah. We take that too. Or Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, YouTube comments, anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, we want to chat with you guys. And also, don't be scared to like, if you're on YouTube, like chat with each other in the comments. Respectfully, obviously. Respectfully. Because yeah. that's what we are around here. We are a respectful group of people trying to learn more about this curious world all right should we wrap it up we should because it's getting dark in my apartment (laughs) oh no all right science pals we'll see you in the next one have a great first uh, month of the new year and we'll see you Mm -hmm. next week bye science pals bye everyone save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.